Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, dude. The 90s called. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hey, Dude, the 90s called podcast. I'm David. Hi, David. I'm Christine, your Hi, co-host. Christine. <laughs> nice you know to something? see you. Your lighting is very soft brush light. <laughs> Mine is like, I have this ring light that's just shining on my face. I got to get new lighting. Well, the new the lighting that I have is also like there's a big sliding glass door in front of me too. So I have full sunlight. Like I have natural oh, sunlight. Yeah, my windows and doors are all behind. You're on the side. I know, but you have a much better background than I have. So that's much more like Ben has even said it. Ben's like David's background is so much cooler than your like I'm just sitting on a desk with a wall behind me, but I've got but you really look good lighting. Beautiful. I mean, I look very hard. <laughs> you look but- good. Tell Ben that firewood, by the way, has never been used. I have the, never of lit course. a firewood. No, it's been- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. you've got a good like depth of field. Is that what it's called? Field depth of field. Uh, you for- know what? On on all of my uh, zo- uh, many of my zooms, people do comment on my background. Like, is that real or is that a filter? Did you were you ever involved in that like peak of the pandemic when people were raiding people's backgrounds on Zoom? Do you remember? Like that was a no. thing. Like they would they would they would look at you know, celebrities, like there were so many interviews happening on Zoom for 
TV shows and things like that. And oh, people, there were there were ratings of of celebrities' backgrounds. Oh no, on Zoom. I remember people would like be on a beach in Hawaii though oh, no, as their background. No, I've, like I've and, never done. And they I've looked never really done weird. That. No, yeah, because then. Like, I'd never do that. And I also never blur the background either. I don't like that either because then you're too in focus. And there's and that the cool per- effect. And the person you're talking to is thinking, what are they hiding back there? I know exactly. <laughs> like, why would they? <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. Um uh, Zoom talk. We have a great guest. I think we should get into it, right? We have yes, we have such a great guest. I feel like we're sort of tapping into a little bit of a new world with 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 the daytime arena, like a but 90s. not just the daytime. I no, mean, you're talking the no, Springer like show in the 90s, and now he's got his own show, Steve Wilkos, for for 17 years. I, I'm I'm excited now. I yes. didn't know he. I, I wasn't really familiar with him a couple days ago, but the research I've done, he's amazing. Incredible story, and he is in our waiting room. So why don't we bring him in, Steve Wilkos? There he is. Steve Steve Wilco. What's up, buddy? No. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking over your your resume here, and I think you have the most diverse career life path of of. I mean, it's your story is so fascinating, and and I. You know, I'm sure you told it a few times before. <laughs> I know our listeners would love to hear the the beginning because you were you were in the military, yes, and then and then a police yeah, right officer. After, you know, my my dad was a, a Korean War veteran. He was a paratrooper in the Korean War, and he was a Chicago police officer. And so when I was growing up, my dad was like a superhero to me, and I wanted to be like my dad. So you know, after high school, I joined the Marines and. Uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I became a police officer, just like my dad. So that was going to be my life, you know, plan was uh, be a Chicago policeman, get my 30-year pension and retire. And, you know, I took a side job for one day working at the Springer Show, and I ended up, I've been there for almost 30 years now. I haven't left, so... So you were just like a hire. They were just like, we need a sec- we need security for this day, this yeah, random they, day. They needed security for a show. I think it was uh I think it was a Ku Klux Klan show or something. And uh they hired some off-duty policemen. I happened to be one of them. And uh so I went there the one day and then the guy that was kind of running security, he he called me back and he he knew that I would always say yes. I was one of these guys that said, Oh, I can't do it today. I was always you know, I'll be there. And uh, eventually he got fired and I was there and they said, hey, do you want to run security here? And I said, yeah. And uh, so then I got to know Jerry a little bit. And then they asked me if I wanted to be there full time. I said, yes. And then my role on the show kept growing a little bit, a little bit, because the show took a different turn. It became, you know, love triangles and things like that, where I started being on stage a lot more and people started knowing who I am. <laughs> and the executive producer at the time was like, hey, why don't you shave your head? You know, you're going to be really going to stand out if you shave your head, which <laughs> I had a Marine, Marine Corps haircut anyway. So it wasn't like I was shaving off Fabio type hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And he was right. Like all of a sudden the fan mail, that's back before email and stuff and fan mails would start pouring in. And so I became kind of like the second banana on the Springer show. And 
So it, it worked out really worked out really well for me. Hold on, I wa- I want to get to all of that. I feel like we rushed <laughs> through a lot of important stuff. Um, first of all, thank you for being here, and I, I have to say that w- one of my favorite things about hosting this show is that sometimes the people that I am that I don't know a lot about become the most interesting interviews. Just doing the research on you that our producer Lorraine put together. And I even watched one of your episodes today. Your life is extraordinary. And um, what was it like uh, being a Marine for seven years? Did you see like combat or no? No, I was in from 82 to 89. So that was during the Cold War. Um, Some of the guys that went to boot camp, unfortunately lost their lives in uh, Lebanon and the bombing of Beirut. Uh, but uh, I didn't see action. I was fortunate. I got sent over to Japan, and some of those guys got sent over that way. But uh, I love being in the Marines. Uh, and I wouldn't be here today without serving in the Marines because, you know, I was growing up, I was kind of hanging out with guys that I'm still friends with today, but we were kind of meatheads and <laughs> black fight and things like that. And nobody was going to college after high school. So it wasn't one of those type of things. Nobody in Chicago back then, no boys went to college. I mean, that's just the way it was. And uh, so I went into the Marines and, you know, it gave me a great work ethic, discipline. Right. Uh, made me realize like I really need to straighten myself out. And I became a very good Marine and uh, I really enjoyed it. So I reenlisted actually. Uh, my first enlistment was for three years and I reenlisted for four more. And at one point I was going to make it a career, but, um, I got out and I got on the police department about a year later. And, and I remember when I got out of the Marines, I was making $12,000 a year. And when I became a policeman, uh, I was making 26,500 for starting pay. And I thought I was the richest dude in the world. <laughs> and I got health benefits. Yeah, health right. pension. It doubled. Yeah, it doubled. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was job. Like, you know, I had a, I, I had a basement apartment that cost me $450 a month. I had a Dodge Colt that was paid for. And so I, I had very low expenses. So, uh, like I said, I and plus, I just came out of Marine, so I was super physically fit. Uh you know, I felt like I was Superman. I had a badge and a gun. I could basically do whatever I wanted. And I was making 26000 So I thought I was like, you know, cat's meow. <laughs> but Chicago is not an easy place to be a police officer. No. I, I would think. It wasn't. But, you know, like I said, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, I fought a lot, you know, growing up in Chicago. I got a lot of <laughs> Um, so that kind of like physical danger never really bothered me or getting into a physical confrontation and then all the training I got in the Marines and everything. So I liked the action. I mean, I was young and dumb, right? I thought I was, you know, nothing could hurt me. So I never wore my bulletproof vest. My mom's like, Oh, you make sure you wear it every day. And my dad's like, you're never going to wear that thing. And he was right. I never wore it. And, uh, because I didn't think anything could happen to me. And uh, so I went out. I, I worked in bad districts the whole time I was on a job because my dad said, don't go to a district where there's no crime because you're never going to learn to be a policeman. He goes, you're going to be bored. The sh- eight-hour shift's going to last forever. He goes, you go to a, a district where there's high crime. He goes, you're going to be busy all the time. You're going to learn how to be a policeman, and your eight-hour shift's going to go by fast. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Like, and I love catching the bad guy. When I was a policeman, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to catch the bad guy. 
And your dad was, like you said, a superhero and he wasn't, you know, he, 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 he wanted you to learn th- those skills, right? I mean. Yeah, he was a larger than life guy, man. He, uh, he was a big dude and very intimidating. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for him growing up in Chicago during that time, I probably would, I did get in trouble, but I would have gotten a lot more trouble if it wasn't for him. So, uh, it was, he was a good role model for me and. And, you know, he said, he goes, when you get on the job, there's going to be a lot of temptation, money and all that stuff. And he goes, if you don't take a dime, he goes, you never have to worry about anybody knocking on your door, which means like ID yeah. or coming to lock you up. But what do you mean? Like people offering you bribes and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yes. because, oh, my goodness. That, so like, corrupt, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. Always, you know, it's simple. It's like a traffic stop. People, you know, hey, officer, I'll you know, give you 20 bucks. Don't write no, no way. I oh, never my God. I would that. never try that. I would. I just cried. I tr- yeah, I, I would cry. I, right. Christine lie. gets out of it just for being Christine. There was guys that did take the money, right? Like, sure. Not so much the young oh guys that I was coming on with, but I think the older guys, it was kind of ingrained. It was... That was the way things were, but my dad said, "Hey, man, unless you can retire, don't take it." And right. It, so, what a lesson! What a great thing to hear, so that you took that off the table. Was your yeah. dad able to see you make this transition into this next chapter of your career? Yeah, my dad only passed away about four years ago, and okay. to see, you know, my dad's, you know, uh, his parents were right off the boat in Poland, and mm-hmm. they didn't have anything. I mean, his house. The building that he lived in was in my district, and I used to drive by, and I go, man, I, I can't believe my dad grew up there. And so- well, It was my, a, ru- a rough neighborhood? Oh, yeah. It was really rough. I mean, I don't know what it was like in the 30s and 40s, but it, it certainly wasn't the better part of Chicago, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so my dad, who came from nothing to see his son with the TV show, my dad was all about family and his name and- you know, his reputation. So having his son, the Steve Wilco show, you know, my dad, everywhere we went, it was like kind of embarrassing because my dad's like, oh, you know, my son, you know. He's just, you know <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we've experienced that, story. right, Chrissy? Yeah, so my my dad was like, oh, you know, my son from the Jerry Springer show, and then when I got my own show, like my parents, my mom's still alive, and, you know, I always said, teased, like they were my publicists down in Florida. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In Florida, part of their trunk was filled with Steve Wilco shirts, and they pass them out to everybody. And you know, so, holiday so, gifts, mugs, right? right? My, the merch. my dad was really, you know, he really loved it. I got my own show. That is phenomenal. So, you, a, so you yeah. were on the for, on the police force for how many years before this this crazy moment in time? Well, I, came, I came on the police force in 1990, and then I started on Jerry Springer in 1994. And I stayed with the police until 2001. Oh, so, you did yeah, both so, simultaneously? Yeah. And then, so my day started at 9 a.m. I, I worked at Springer from 9 to about 3.30. I'd race to my policeman job to work from uh, 4 to midnight. And then I worked in the bars afterwards, security from midnight till 4 in the morning. So I had really long days, but I was hustling. And, I, you know, I was, what was I? I was like, 30 years old, 29, 30 years old. I was making over a hundred grand between the three jobs. So, you know, for that 26,000, four years later, I'm making over a hundred. I mean, I was like, you know, Jeff Bezos, man, you know, I was <laughs> but you're working from nine in the morning until four in the morning. But there so, were four great jobs. Right. You, know, you didn't want to let shows, any of them go. I the love Spanish that. Show was fun, 
you know, yeah. uh, being a cop, I love being a policeman. I love working in bars because at that time I was drinking and I'd hang out in bars. I was meeting girls and I was getting paid. So <laughs> it was the like that you got to the nightlife, but getting paid to do it. Meeting yeah, girls, exactly. catching bad guys and being on TV all yeah. at the same time. I agree. Yeah. Did your um, did your fellow officers uh, trash talk you a little bit for the TV job? Like, did you have to wash <laughs> your makeup off before you showed up? Well, to the right then I didn't wear makeup when I was security okay. stringer, but uh, a lot. Of, you know, I brought a lot of guys in that were my friends. So they worked security with me, and uh, so they were very grateful for that. But the Springer show was such a phenomenon that it was really hard to get tickets to. So all the cops and the uh, state can I get tickets and you know that kind of thing. So guys were. If they wanted to stay on my good side and get tickets, they weren't busting my balls too bad. Yeah, tell us what that must, what that felt like when when the show, because I mean, we think uh, like that that show was really the first of its kind that yeah. was true reality television, right? Like a totally different form of entertainment. And and listen, you know, as I've been on the air now, my own show for seventeen years, and people know who I am. But I don't have one-tenth of the stardom that Jerry had, right? Mm. Like, Jerry was like Elvis Presley for about five years. And I'm, wow. I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. The dude was the most famous guy in the world at one time. And I was right next to him. So I was traveling everywhere with him, all over the country. You know, get invited and go to Kentucky Derby, Billboard Awards. Uh, we were going to Amsterdam, London. You know, doing MTV, you know, I'm meeting everybody that I've ever saw on TV or I'm big into sports, love baseball. I got to meet all my baseball heroes because of the Springer show. And it it was a crazy time of my life because here I'm a cop, but I'm like the most famous cop in America. (laughs) On TV every day. But like, I literally, like, I go with Jerry to like, we do uh, publicity over in Europe because the show is very popular in Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm staying in London and like the fanciest hotels. I'm flying first class. I'm going to Amsterdam, you know, and it's just having a wonderful time. And I'd literally get off the plane, change clothes, put my uniform on, and then I'd be working in the ghetto for the next eight hours. Nobody was living the kind of life I was. That's incredible. Seriously, I you need to write a book or we need to make like a <laughs> biopic on you because that is I've never heard any th- th- those kind of worlds all yeah. happening to someone at the same time. Was, yeah, because like, you know, my I'd be writing with my partner when I got back. He's like, you know, how was it? I'm like, man, we were in Amsterdam. And like, I remember we uh, we were in a restaurant. And there was just thousands of people out in the streets and they're pounding on the window and we were like the Beatles. They had that score at the back door. We had to run our limousine and people were shaking the limousine. And it was nuts, man. It was really crazy. Like the other cops that I was working with telling them these stories, like it just blew their minds that like, you know, I was part of this crazy hit show, you know. Because of that proximity and travel and were you sort of his confidant or you two, did you become very close friends or, or, or was yeah, it? We became very, very close friends, you know, because I spent more time with him than I did anybody I else. I was going to say, friends. right. When yeah. we got done with the studio, you know, we were on the road together and we stayed at the same hotels. We'd go out to dinner. We do all the appearances together. And so, you know, I became very, and we, we both passionate baseball fans. And so we'd be in cities and go to ball games and stuff. And, 
and now throughout the years, even when I left the show to do my show, and we stayed very close. And you know, I saw Jerry a month before he passed away, and you know, we we were together, and I he didn't share to me that he was dying, but I knew something was up, and I knew something was wrong. But and it was funny because that last night we were together, we were guys that never talked about the old days, you know, no glory days, mm. none of that crap. We'd always talk about his grandson and my son because they're both baseball players, athletes and stuff. So we would talk about our, our his grandson, my son, and we would talk sports or politics. And, and that's the other thing. We're extreme opposites politically. You know, I'm very conservative. He's very liberal. But Jerry's the kind of guy you, we could talk and talk. We never got mad at each other. The guy never got mad at me. And in 30 years of knowing him, man, the guy never got mad at me, never got angry. I never got angry at it. Like, I, I don't have any friends I can say I never got mad at you. Right. Like, it was just, it was a oh, really special relationship. Beautiful. I'm sorry that, for your loss, too, man. That yeah, must have been. He's a great so. dude. Sorry, because I'll tell you, man, you couldn't get a more gentle, caring, considerate, generous man. I've ever met in my life or intelligent, by the way. But yeah, I was going to say a shrewd businessman. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. In your opinion, 
what was it about the Springer show that catapulted it into that sort of, you know, that's stratosphere? It's simple. It's the fighting, man. Because, you know, <laughs> that's it. people, <laughs> people throwing fights, chairs. Right? And, uh, you know, we had plenty of them. And it was just, and the other thing was, it was just crazy. So, like, you had good looking people. You had the Jerry Beads women taking their tops off. Uh, it's just right, was, right. There's a lot of bleeping out. I remember right. that. I remember right. that. The so blasts like, <laughs> across you know, the screen. Segment six was always the questions from the audience, and they'd be ripping on the people on stage, and there's just this back and forth. It was just there's never been a show like it, and there never will be again because nowadays the stuff that we got away with then we get canceled in two minutes today. All right. We talk about that, you know, as because this is a 90s podcast, we talk about like none of the things any of us were doing, the shows we were working on. <laughs> right. But back then, this talk show host became a rock star with groupies and He was on the cover of Rolling Stone, man. You know? No way. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone. So it just, it was just, when I look back at my life, those years were the most fun like now my life's really boring, right? Like I go do my <laughs> well, show. Yeah. But no, it's true. Like back then I lived, I you know, I met my wife on the show. We got married. She's my executive producer. She was the exec producer at Springer after the previous guy got fired. And we lived downtown Chicago, a block away from Rush Street, which is where all the bars and restaurants and so like I would go out and I was friends with, you know, the athletes. I knew Michael Jordan. I knew everybody, you know, and I was hanging out with everybody. And I was going out to the nightclubs and, and dinners. I didn't have to pay for anything, you know? And, oh, wow. and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pairing in movies and TV shows and doing metal and Letterman. And so I was on the go constantly. I never, I was hardly ever home. I was either working or just having a great time. And now my life is, I wake up, I golf, I come home, you know, on a non-tape, or if I'm taping, I tape, I come home. I never go out anymore, you know? So my <laughs> life is really boring, you know? Like, it's like I'm Ray Liotta at the end of Goodfellas where he's like a schnook, right? Like, <laughs> Eating you know, spaghetti right, right. With, with ketchup. suburb and his life is, like, that's my life now. Like, I'm a schnook now. But at least you can say you did it all, you know? It's I just, did, man. Oh, yeah, yes. how it goes. I had the great, and listen, I'm slowing down. I love being at home with my wife and uh, my daughter's in college now, but my son's still home. He's got one more year here. So, you know, I enjoy being a homebody. I don't like going out um, because people are nice to me, but, you know, you really don't have a lot of privacy. And I like Jerry loved being famous. He loved being out. I don't. I like mm. anybody knowing who I am, yeah. you know. And, and yeah, you, 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 you want to fly under the radar. Yeah. When I was anonymous, if somebody gave me a hard time, I could punch him in the face and that'd be the end of it. I walk away. I can't do that anymore. Oh, and, no. I'm getting kind of old for that too, but you, know, <laughs> you don't have any more anonymity. So, you know, you got to watch everything you do. In, uh, the, I, in the Springer days though, were there dangerous situations? I know you protected like on on the set, people would start getting crazy, right? But in, in real life or on the set, did you ever feel Jerry was in danger? Did you ever have to seriously step in on any situation? Well, there was never traveling with him when I was his bodyguard. Traveler, never, nobody ever gave us a hard time. The one one time, wow. a guy started pouring beer on Jerry at a Cubs game. I season tickets to a Cubs game, and this jackass like put his arm around Jerry to take a picture. And he started pouring beer down Jerry. Uh, oh boy. 
And I took the guy and I slammed him down to the ground and I <laughs> accidentally stepped on his face a couple of times. But that accidentally. was the only time. <laughs> yeah. And uh but there was one time there was a guy who was uh, very anti-Semitic, uh, was just talking trash to Jerry. And, you know, Jerry's, he probably never threw a punch in his life. I mean, no way. And the guy couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag of the <laughs> this, this guy made comments about Jerry's parents or something. And Jerry, and this dude was a big dude on stage, right? He was bigger than me. And Jerry, like, couldn't take it anymore. He, like, charged at the guy. <laughs> And I like grabbed the guy so he didn't murder Jerry, like because I thought this guy was a pound Jerry into the ground. So I grabbed the guy, and that was it. But that was the only two times. And but like when Jerry, when people met Jerry, they all loved him. Nobody ever, and nobody ever gave him our time. And and all the thirty years I've been on TV, when I'm on public. Nobody's ever said, hey, Steve, you suck or challenge me. Never. I want to hear about the transition of you. You know, you said there you you started to be on camera. Right. And they had you shave your head. They you, you sort of became a character. And was was that just did that just feel natural to you? I mean, you're not somebody who had been <laughs> in yeah. front of the camera like you right. just could be I, you. But suddenly that was they loved it. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny because. When I was a cop and if I was at a crime scene and the news showed up, you'd be racing home to see the news, see yourself on news oh, for like two seconds, right? Derrickle. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never thought TV, of that. You know? Yeah. But then here I'm on a show where I'm on TV every day, but it happened in such small increments that I never felt uncomfortable, right? Because it happened teeny, teeny, teeny steps, right? So that, you know, here and plus... I didn't have to do anything, remember any lines. I just had to be myself, you know, exactly, and, and just do whatever. Like, cause the Springer show, there was no rules or anything. Now you did whatever you wanted. So that when, you know, we started doing little things called Steve to the rescue, where I went out, like we'd find guests and I'd go to their hometown and I'd help them out of a gym or, you know, whatever. So like I got comfortable doing things, right? And then at the end of every show, I closed the show. We first, we called it Steve's Corner. And then I'd walk with the guests. And I'd do like a little interview with them at the end of the show when the credits are rolling. So I got to do really, I got to be creative. I like do little skits and, and just act goofy and have fun time. So I had a blast with it. So that when they did come to me and said, oh, and then the big other, the other thing was when Jerry went on Dancing with the Stars, they had me host the show. Well, then I was terrified. I'm like, oh shit, I got to okay. host. Okay. Oh wow, wow. Well, so wait, so big, what year yeah. was that? What year was yeah. that? But I was really nervous, but I did it. And you know, the first couple times I did, I probably was terrible, man. You know, just horrible. But you know, <laughs> they had to have somebody host the show, and I was the guy. So they thought Jerry'd be the first guy I vote off Dance with Stars to be back in a week, but he was out there for like six weeks. So I hosted. <laughs> And back then, I think we he can, the guy six. can dance too. Are you serious? <laughs> Not really. But people so like no, but he has it. such a fan base, and that show is about right. the fans. Right. So, he so he kept, kept getting. I remember it so well. He was so beloved. Yeah. So we we taped like six shows a week back then, and I think I did five or six weeks, so 30, 36 shows. Well, those aired, and they rated really well. Well, the next year. I would do a lot of them. So we take Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Well, I would take Monday shows and Jerry would take Monday off. He was happy. He got one extra day off and I'd make a little more money when I hosted the show. And uh, 
So that those, you know, that was 2006. And then in 2007, it was January, you know, like real early in the year. And my, my kids were really small. They were only about three, four and two or something like that. And uh, three and one actually. And uh, my wife was in bed. My kids were in bed. I was watching all in the family and I had like a little vodka tonic and having a drink. And I get a phone call from some executive NBC, and he's like, uh, he walked over and like, yeah, I'm like, who's calling my house at 1030 at night? He goes, oh, this is so-and-so, and we're giving you your own show. Well, I actually thought it was one of my friends screwing around with me, you know? It's like, like getting punked, like, right? Prank, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, you know, anyway, this next fall, you're going to get your own show. So I remember I walked upstairs and told my wife, I said, hey, I got a call him. In my own show. She's like, are you drunk? You know? I'm like, no. And, uh, <laughs> I got my own show. And then, then the terrifying aspect of realizing what was happening, then that really kicked in then. I bet. I, you know, this remi- it reminds me so much because I think, think back on so many shows where that, that were so beloved, like Letterman always had Biff who would do, you know, remember there was yeah. always a character that would, was just, you know, a regular person. But had something, and the you would they would lean into it. I feel like on on um, Howard Stern, like his driver Ronnie, yeah, right? Yeah. Ronnie right. or Jimmy his, Kimmel has his cousin his, Guillermo. His cousin Guillermo, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I feel like you guys, guys aren't going to get their own shows. No, <laughs> that, but that's what you I'm saying know. is you were the first, like you were you sort of started this template of of right. and 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 then you get your own show, and it has been on for 17 years. Yeah, it's. Uh... I'm very fortunate because, you know, there's so many times I said, man, I could be pushing a squad car right now. I mean, I'd be retired from the police department now, so I'm still working. So my friends, they're like, you know, I go, hey, man, I'm paying for all you guys social security. I'm still out of work. And they're like, we'll switch places at any time. In a heartbeat. (laughs) I watched the most recent episode that I could find on YouTube. And first of all, you remind me like a little like. You're more of a cross between Jerry and and like a Dr. Phil. <laughs> you know, you seem very legit. And these people that it was so dramatic. There was a child that was being molested and no one could figure out whether it was the mother, the the boyfriend or the husband. And CPS had taken the child away from all of them. And uh, and your job was to figure out with paternity tests. First of all, who was the father? Right. A lie detector test to see who was who was abusing the child. They all claimed it wasn't them. It was like, I- I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea you did storylines that intense. I had well, no idea. So when, when we when we got the show, it was like, okay, you're getting a show. You figure out what you're going to do. It was like Jerry Seinfeld when you watch the whole Seinfeld episodes and he goes to NBC and he's like, what's the show about? Well, oh, the show's about nothing. <laughs> well, you know, you got to figure out what we're going to do. And my wife really came up with the concept. She said, hey, because everybody thought we were just going to be an extension of the Jerry Springer show. Well, that's the quickest way to get canceled is trying. Mm-hmm. So she said, listen, you're a policeman, you know, and you're a good policeman. So what we're going to do is you're going to take the policeman from the streets of Chicago and we're going to put him on stage. And the stories and the things that you do as a policeman, those are the stories that we're going to do on stage. So any crime that's being committed in the streets, we we cover it on the show. Now, she knows that to give me lighter stories sometimes, and we'll do cheating and we'll do DNA because 
I just can't do the heavy stuff all the time. I was going to say this, the episode I saw, which I just coincidentally after we we knew we were going to have you on, which we're so excited. And then I just saw you on my DVR. I quickly put it on and I was like, OK, because, <laughs> you know, with syndication, you never know, like, is it on in the morning in New York? Is it on the afternoon? And and I found it, and the episode that I watched was more it was a more lighthearted. It was a DNA and it was the a stoner guy. And he was a real character and he was very funny and very lovable. And, you know, he was denying that it was his child. So but I had no idea you did. You really go into like full detective mode. I remember we did a show where I got a guy confess to a murder. It must have <gasps> been season two or season three. I mean, I brought on your up. show. On my show, and uh, did the, did they arrest Steve? him? Oh yeah. my god! He, he oh went my back god. and got arrested, and you know we've had people that you know a lot of them they won't confess, and we get the lie detector results, and the, they there's been a lot of court cases that have used our show, and judges have watched the show and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, people have gone to prison because of our show. So I mean, we have got the truth out of some people. Is it really difficult when you have sort of one side of, of you know, one half of this, wh- whether it's someone who's the accuser or is it hard to get all of the people involved to come on the show? Or is it fairly, do people just want to be on TV? I ask my wife that question all the time. Like, you know, we had a guy the other day, we did a show um, and he was accused of murdering his own brother. Right. The mother came on because she thought her one son killed Allison. Okay. We just taped that this week. And I asked my wife, how the hell do we get these people on the show? Like, if I was accused of murder, I ain't going on a talk show and talking about it and like taking a lie attack. Right. To a professional police officer who's going to interrogate you and maybe get you to confess. So I'm always amazed. Like, how do you get these people to come on? You know, they like, want their five minutes, man. It's powerful. I know, like I think with other shows, that can be the case. I don't think that's the case with ours. I do believe, and I'm not just saying that to pat myself on the back. I show. I think when people are in the legal system, they're waiting a long time for answers. Right? Mm. They're waiting a long time for justice. You could be in a court system for years. Where people come on my show and they take that lie detector test, or I crack them down. And they got answers, and they don't have to wait two years, you know. That's really well. If you're not the guilty one, yeah, but how? It, yeah, but you if you're not guilty one, yeah, why I would mean, you listen, man? We we blown guys out of the water and women too, you know. We we blown a lot of people out of the water because we, you know, they've been found, you know, they failed a lot of detective tests. But even things like, you know, people stealing from their roommate or their mother, stealing money and jewelry and. You know, it's 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 sad, but like people want to know, like, hey, did this person steal my rent money for the month? You know, and people want answers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Do you have a very specific... um I mean, obviously, it's reality. It's not like scripted, but do you give some of your your guests ahead of time what you're going to be asking, or do you really do it cold? Like, do you give them a heads up on on the sort of format and what's going to be well, expected of them? I think on a show kind of has an idea. I don't think anybody's ever been on a show and says, "Oh, I, I didn't know what I was getting into." Right. I personally don't know what they know, what they don't know, because I don't like I don't go to work knowing what the stories are that day, and you know. My wife's the executive producer. She doesn't say a word to me. And I never know the results before ahead of time. And I would say 98% of the time, I can figure out what the lie detector results are going to be just by talking to the people. I know if they're guilty. Like, listen, there's things you do as a policeman. Have somebody tell a story. Have them tell it again. You know when somebody's lying. So most of the time I get it right. But there's a few times where I'm thinking, okay, this person's going to fail and they pass. And there's a few times when I think that they're going to pass and they fail. So, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 I go into a show. I know absolutely nothing. Mm. But do you still sometimes get shocked by what you're seeing or have you just, you've seen it all? Yeah. You think you see it all and then you live another day and then you realize, you know, I mean, (laughs) what's going on in the world. I mean, you know, you just, you know, you're always amazed. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Well, it makes sense when you said your, your life is very, simple now you i mean what you're dealing with when you're going in and taping and this like it's it's a lot coming at you so i've been dealing with drama for the last 30 some years (laughs) policeman and springer show my show and so i don't want drama and 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 i'm telling you man if you cause any drama you're out of my life man simple as that i don't care who you are you could be a sibling a parent i don't care man if you're causing drama 
you cause me any kind of heartache, you're out, man. I want I want quiet. You want peace. peace. Yeah. yeah. The only time I have to deal with drama is with my kids. And they're I got good kids, but you know, kids can be a pain in the ass. I, I was just gonna say I have to deal with I'm not <laughs> kids out, so I gotta deal with that. But everybody else, no way. And also, they're probably not as afraid of you as as people no, on the show like, are. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No respect. Think, until about, I, I think, honestly, until three years ago, I don't think my kids ever had a concept of what I do for a living. Like my son, he, you know, he was always like, Dad, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you. And I'm like, they don't know me. They just, you know, because of my job. But like, I don't think he liked it because he... He's played sports. He plays football, baseball. So I'd show up at his games and everything. Oh, Steve Wilkos is your dad. So I don't think my son liked that. But then when we go to the Super Bowl and he gets to meet Jim Kelly and he's standing on the field, <laughs> all those things. Now he likes then he it. He doesn't like it, you know. <laughs> but, you know. So my wife, uh, my daughter, same thing. Like we go to LA, she's getting to meet all her favorite people on TV. And so yeah, there's perks for them as well as me. <laughs> Absolutely. I will say to my husband that, you know, because having a team, David and I, have, our do- my daughter's now 21, but the teenage years, it was like he could, the greatest gift of going to the Taylor Swift concert or going to see Hamilton and getting to meet one of the cast members backstage, these life, like incredible moments that yeah. you have access to because of, and then get home and she'd scream at him for not knowing that's my teacher you how dare you not know who that is i've talked about that person like in an instant right it turns on a dime very unimpressed well like my daughter's up in boston she goes to northeastern and uh there's the one uh, theo von the uh comedian and she's a huge fan of his right so she goes dad he's gonna be here performing will you come up and go to the show with me it's only a couple hour drive up from where I live. So I said, yeah, I'll come up. I'll spend the night. So I had my publicist contact his guy and said, hey, you know, my daughter, big fan. She'd like to meet you. So, of course, you know, after the show, it's only me and my daughter. We go back. We meet him. He's wonderful to my daughter. She's mind blown that she's, you know, in the room. Fine. He gave her a nice, you know, package of stuff. And so she, she got her mind blown, you know. But, like, if I was... Steve the cop, that ain't happening, but because I'm Steve on TV, that stuff happens. <laughs> Steve on TV. <laughs> and they'll they'll milk you for for, for every bit of it, right? Well, they milk me <laughs> Well, I think once they're college age, they start to understand and respect your your career sure. and your life choices and you as a father, you know, when they're when they're thirteen or fourteen, they don't get it. God help they all don't. of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It's so true. And I do find, I mean, and I, it sounds like you have that relation. I just think it's actually so sweet too, that you have a daughter saying, Hey, will you come and go with me? And oh, whether it's because yeah. you're, you're Steve, you know, the cop. Or and Steve then, on TV. She didn't know, like she didn't know that I was going to do that for her. Yeah. You know I mean? So like, she just wanted me to, because she knows my wife wouldn't be in that type of thing. And right. so she wanted, you know, me and my daughter, we have a really kind of crazy sense of humor. So she thought that I would enjoy it. But, uh, but like, the other thing is, my kids, too, like, they grew up in this bubble, right? Like, you know, we live in a nice house. We have a lake house. And, you know, we're traveling all over the place. And and now my daughter's kind of, like, now she's making, like, six bucks an hour or whatever it is, working for some congressman up in uh, Massachusetts. And she's like, you know, I go, yeah. I go, I wasn't making millions of dollars when I was your age, like, I lived in the basement apartment. I drove that Dodge Colt. You know what I mean? Like, this is real life. 
what you were living in for the past 18 years, that's not real life. Most people don't live like that. Isn't it so nice when your kids get to that age and you can have those talks? Like, I've been dying for 10 years to tell you what I've gone through for you. And now you I told my kids probably for the last five years, I said, take a look around the way you're living, right? Like the house that you're growing up in, the other house you can go to, go to the lake that has boats and jet skis and all that. When we fly places, when we're going, we don't have to wait in line for anything. All that. I go, you're not going to live like that as an adult unless you <laughs> really, really bust your ass. I go, so the best part of your financial life, living like a king, that's all going to end someday. I'm still going to be living it. You probably won't unless you really go out and do what me and your mother did. It's good advice. Really good advice. Um, I, I have one more question. Uh because the episode that I watched, we were talking about um, that things aren't coerced or planned, but one, uh, the boyfriend was like released from backstage and came and attacked the other husband or whoever it was. But like, I know on Springer, there was all these fights. Are, are you saying though, that like the producers didn't coerce that or didn't know oh, that no. these guys were going to start? I mean, think, you think, look at this. The, and like, listen, even the Springer, I'm only going to speak to when I was there. But when people would say those fights are fake or this or that, if somebody's sleeping with your wife and you bring them there, that dude comes out and gives a, your wife a kiss right on stage. There's not a whole lot we got to do to get that guy to start swinging on the other guy. You know what I mean? Right. But And that's just cheating. We got stories where somebody hurt your kid or, you know, doing something like that. So... We don't, and you see, like, we got good security. We don't allow people to fight. You know, like, at Springer, man, we'd let them fight for a little bit, right? Like, you know, let the guy get his licks in, this and that. We don't do that on our show because it's real serious topics. So, but no, we're not encouraging anybody to fight. And I, and I say it all the time. You're not going to fight. We had two guys want to go out yesterday. I said, no, you're not going to fight. Knock that off because that's not what we're here for. We're not for that. So, but yeah. But, you, but you're ready for it. Oh, we have to be it, ready for it because yeah. someone could really get hurt. And is it your buddies? Do you have a good crew? You have your own good well, Yeah, do you crew? have a guy that's going to get his own show now? <laughs> pay well, forward? <laughs> so the head of my security is Mike McDermott, who we were policemen in the 14th District 30 years ago, even longer, 33 years ago. And he was the guy who asked me to work the Springer show. I was walking out of the police station at 1 o'clock in the morning. He said, hey, we need another guy tomorrow. And so Mike has stayed with me. You know, we were on Springer together. When I got my own show, we named him head of security of my show. He's a retired policeman now. And uh, he lives in Florida, but we fly him in every week to run security for my show. So he's 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 a guy that I have a very close personal relationship. All the other security guys are guys that we've hired since we've been in Connecticut. Do you do, because uh, you, that, that two things, because you shoot in Connecticut. Do you do like a bunch of episodes in, in one day and then, or are we you take, doing a- We take Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like I just got done taping yesterday. So I think on Tuesday we taped six stories and yesterday we taped five. So we did 11 stories this week. Wow, that is Wait, a lot. Six episodes lot, but, in one day? But but the good thing is I'm only working two days a week. Exactly. I'd, I'd rather work two days a week than three days a week or sure. four days a week. So I don't like now my wife, she's working five days a week because, you know, she's putting the shows together. She's got to deal with legal and everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, she's in charge of everything. So she works a lot. 
I really l- literally go in, I do the show, I leave, and I'm done. And like once in a while, I have to do an interview like this. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, I get a lot of time off. And then, you know, we'll get done taping in March, and I won't come back until August. So I'm off all summer. And so that's pretty good work. Get here. a lot of tea times. A lot of, yeah, a lot lot of tea. I play golf <laughs> every day except Monday. That's amazing. It. Yeah. Yeah. And do you still get a, your police pension? I mean, not that it matters to you, but do you, you deserve it. Well, so here's the deal. I had over 10 years, so I could have invested and I could have drew a pension, but I didn't do 20. So I would have got a small pension. But if you collect a municipal pension from anywhere in the United States, you get penalized on Social Security. So like my dad, he worked all these extra quarters to get Social Security and his pension. Well, like in 1988 or something, they changed the law. So if you're getting a municipal pension, you get deducted from Social Security. Well, I paid the max in Social Security, so I don't want to get deducted. Oh, so, wow. I didn't know. You know so my pension would have been very, very small, and I would have got penalized on Social Security. So I said, nah. I pulled my pension. I reinvested, and you know, I'll get Social Security someday if it's still around. This has been fascinating. This was such a, 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 a treat to talk to you, and your story is really just – it's an epic an epic life that you're still in the in the right in the heart of and congratulations on all of it you're it was really really wonderful meeting you and talking to you yeah, yeah it was fun i appreciate you guys having me on all right we will good I'm, luck with I, everything i subscribe to your show by the way on youtube i i'm <laughs> i'm right. like now and now i'm a fan a lifelong fan <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing you know because tv back when tv like even 10 years ago you didn't have all these digital platforms like uh, Facebook and YouTube and Nosy. So that's another revenue that helps TV because TV is like uh, the horse buggy, right? You know, it's going out of style. And, you know, with these digital platforms, that brings a whole new revenue stream into the shows, which really helps because, you know, when people are watching on YouTube and Facebook and all these other digital, that brings more money because I don't think TV shows can survive anymore just from being airing on TV because, you know, revenues are down. But listen, anybody down at age of 20, they're not watching TV. Right. You know? I was exactly if you want a right. younger audience, you better be on digital somewhere. Yes. YouTube. Yeah, yes. because, you know, they're, they're all watching their phones. This nobody, my kids, my son, especially, the only time he comes downstairs and watches on TV Sports. Sports. Right. I was just going to say. He's not sports. watching TV shows no. or anything like that. The last no. stand of linear TV is yeah. live sports. It's live sports. Yeah. Absolutely. Although I got to say, YouTube bought the NFL package. I and know. Amazon, Amazon streams Thursday night football. You have to go on Prime Video to watch the oh, game so tonight. I had Amazon Prime, and I'm a big Bears fan, big Chicago guy. So I had to buy the YouTube package to watch the Bears. You know, I, I canceled my DirecTV. And yeah. I finally switched to YouTube TV. My wife is so angry. She's trying to figure it out. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's great that we will figure it out. Yeah. Oh, such a treat. Really wonderful uh, meeting. Nice thank you, Steve. You Steve Wilkos, thank you so much, buddy. Thank All the care. best. Bye-bye. I mean, really amazing life this guy is has lived and is living, right? It's, a, it's really, really fascinating. And I was, I mean, of course... Like would always catch those Jerry Springer episodes, and I it was not I I was not like a Jerry Springer fan, but right. you couldn't N- not know I. what was going on, and it was so extreme. And like I said to him, like when we when we had talked about bringing him on the show, Steve, I I caught that episode, and and I, you know 
he's such an interesting guy and the way he navigates it and then reading more about his story and his background. And then for you, when you just talked about the episode, like I had no idea they they did dark, dark oh, yeah. stuff. It was criminal, in- criminal. Wow. Um, but like, I, I kept thinking like, you know, that sliding doors thing, like his buddy who was a cop said, can you, we need a security guard. What if he had said no to that? I or, or when Jerry said, I got to go do Dancing with the Stars. Can you host for me? What if he said, nah, you know, I'm, I can't do that. I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> what if he said no to those things? Like, I, you know, the guy just jumped into opportunities and he's he's yeah. benefited from it and he yeah. served his country. He yeah. served his his city. It's a, I love him. And, and, and how honest he was about who he was growing up. Like he said, right? did he <laughs> yeah. say we, my, we were a bunch of meatheads? But like- He's a fighter. We they fought they and and it was really the military that got him disciplined and right. you know focused and um what a cool guy what a cool guy honestly again <laughs> one again. of my favorites was someone that I really didn't know much about right. and I, that's why yeah. I love this so yes all right well tune in next week and uh, thanks for joining us yeah thanks for we'll listening have a great week everybody and you too Christine thanks for listening make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90sCalled. See you next time. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.